Welcome to the Work Minus Podcast. We talk about what we need to drop from the way we think about work and what we need to replace it with to be prepared for the future. Go to workminus.com to see a transcript of this episode, more podcasts, articles, and a newsletter that connects you to the best ideas about work. All right, enjoy the show. Well, welcome back to Work Minus. Today, our guest is Spiros Magaris. He's the founder of Magaris Ventures, and he's a great speaker, and this is Work Minus Repetitive Tasks. Hi, Spiros. How are you? Hi, Neil. Thanks for having me on your show. Yeah, yeah. We're very excited to have you on the show. You've got a lot of great things to say. You operate a lot in the fintech space, but on a much broader level, too. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, of course. I'm a venture capitalist in the fintech, insurtech, and AI space. And basically, I'm an advisor and invest in many startups globally, and I'm the number one uh, fintech influencer at the moment, Bionalytica. And uh, I have a big audience and a great community which follows me. So I'm very privileged. So how does it feel to be the number one, the top influencer? What is that like? Uh, I've been that for a while. It's nice. It's, it's, it's hard work, and it's a great honor because it means... Uh, the community appreciates your work, but it only works together with the community. I mean, I always appreciate the, uh, the work from others. And, uh, you know, it's a nice feeling, obviously, but uh, it's hard work. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about fintech. We're talking about work minus repetitive tasks. And so I want to know where do you see fintech as compared to other industries? Is it more of a pioneer in when we're talking about advanced automation or is it a laggard or where do you see it? I think uh, it's probably, I don't know if it's a laggard or definitely not a pioneer. I mean, automation has been there before. Of course, computing power allows for more automation, for more uh, implementation of AI machine learning. I think it's just an industry, especially those startups, that compete against those big players to differentiate yourself. So basically, they use AI machine learning, all kinds of automation to, to provide services that big players, the big banks, and insurance companies don't. Or not yet in that sense. Right. But automation is also used by big players. I mean, it's a way of uh, robotic process automation to cut certain processes. Uh, coming back to your question, I don't know where we are, but I think we're still early stage. Uh, everyone, everyone uses it, all kinds of industries use it because it's the only way to scale the big data and to and to find predictability. I mean, Netflix uses this, Amazon uses it. You know, it's just a tool, a technology that's uh, very handy to 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 do predictions and very handy to do a lot of things. What are the easy sells you feel like in terms of you're saying getting even these large organizations to catch on to these things? And and where is it that you're having trouble finding people who are willing to kind of be those front runners? You know, I think uh, automation, AI, machine learning scares people because uh, it's associated with job losses. And I think it, there, is, there is that part. I mean, there are some companies that use robotic process automation in order to cut jobs, in order to reduce uh, people in the back office or on some other places where often those automations are better than humans, but it's not that... Not, it's not the case for every job. And I think that's the resistance by people to, to, to let organizations uh, deploy AI machine learning, but they do it anyway. But I think uh, coming to that, I think it's very important to reskill people, 
to prepare people for what's coming and, and to give them opportunities to find new jobs or to find new skills which they can deploy in the same organization. Because I think people, you know, it's not only what they do now, they bring a lot of experiences, knowledge. You don't want to lose that, regardless of how much AI machine learning you deploy. Let's talk about these repetitive tasks. We said work minus repetitive tasks. So what are some of the things that you've seen in your work and the companies you've invested in that's been positive towards both reducing tasks, you know, improving efficiency, doing things better, and how that impacts job markets? Yeah, I mean, uh, the companies I'm involved in, the smaller companies, the startups. I mean, the, the, the big startups, uh, some of them, but they're not those big organizations. And uh, the repetitive task at the back office where people have to organize uh, documents, which are better done by, by, by computers through AI machine learning. Uh, and I think that's one of the great advantage of, AI, of using these new technologies is to give the people opportunities to do more intelligent things, things that are much more interesting for them. Because, you know, it's like in the old days when, when people worked in the factories. My parents worked in factories. Uh, I think uh, a lot of tasks were very repetitive. I think it must have been tremendously boring. It numbs you. And I think uh, if you can take away things that are repetitive, that are not as interesting to do, and, and, and enhance your work even better, I think... Uh, that's the way we have to see it, you know, to think, okay, how can we give those people opportunities to, to stop doing the boring stuff and give them a little bit more fun at work, I mean, as, as much as possible. Yeah. So they come back and say, okay, I don't have to do this thing I never like to do. You know, it's so tedious and uh, it's so repetitive. Uh, let, let machines do that. And let me, let me, for instance, give a good example, like a private banker, for instance, mm-hmm. you know, if a lot of uh, KYC basically know your customers and uh, and do all these checks or credit checks, and uh, if that would be done by machines and you would have more time to talk to those people, you know, and to your clients or, or prospects, I think that would be more fun and, and better use of people. Yeah, we call it know your customer, but there's very little actual interaction with the customer going on, right? Yes, I know. I know that's also the sad truth but uh, i believe that like you know there's some i always use example travel agency we all book our flights online but if we do something more special we like to have people advising us we like maybe to go to a travel agent or somebody who talks to us and guides us through uh, some complicated uh, journey like i go to safari i mean whatever we do which is just a little more complicated than just from a to b in life, you know, like we get older, there are more issues. I mean, we have kids, maybe we have, we want to deal with uh, inheritance, taxes. There's some things that are not so straightforward that, that we like to have people talking to us and advising us. And some things, obviously, we would like to, to be done by machines and to be done cheaper. So the whole thing, the whole services we offer as a firm uh, can be a little bit more personalized because we don't we don't have to ask all these little questions, you know, and bother people, but ask the real questions that maybe are more important to the customer and to and to the banker, for instance. But 
regard, I mean, if you don't bring something special to the table, besides a repetitive work, you do, then it's going to be hard in the future. Exactly. And that's one of the big themes we, we talk about on the show is that a lot of times the the work we're training humans to do right now is the is that repetitive task. And so we're almost preparing them to be out of a job. So especially in fintech, what are some of those essential human things that people need to do? You talked about being that, that private banker to be a true advisor. What are some other uh, roles that you see humans continuing to play for a long time in fintech? Yeah, I don't even think in fintech. I'm just talking in general, big banks. Fintech, you know, I must say, the fintech industry is probably not the best example for human interaction because um, naturally they, ha- they use fewer people in their workforce and a lot of things are digitalized in order to cut costs. So I'm afraid my industry is not at the forefront of deploying more people. You know, I'm afraid so because, I mean, it's just, uh, it did worries me a little bit, but it's just part of the game, I'm afraid. It's. I think it's more the large organizations that uh, that have this mix of technology and human interaction. But I think even the fintech companies that are very lean, working very lean, maybe one day they will realize, not all of them, you know, it's nice that there's a human behind the technology. So basically, even if we could do it with all the technology with jetbots, so you call in, and one day, it already does a great job. Uh, it will answer all your questions. It never angry at you. Uh, it's hopefully not biased. <laughs> yeah. But maybe it would be kind of, it would be a competitive edge if we use if we can afford it as a company to use also human interaction where people know oh there's a person behind it because you know it's uh, there's also quality to it. And you know and that you know when you talk about people. Uh, Automation. I mean, we don't all have to go into AI machine learning and, and, and into technology. There are a lot of great jobs, which, you know, creative jobs that can't be done by AI machine learning. Uh, you know, there's, in healthcare, there's a lot of jobs that, that don't need as much technology. They also need humans that uh, deal with uh, sick people, humans would deal with older people. But uh, I think we're still we're still in early stage of figuring out the best balanced way of using technology and humans. But I think I'm a, I would be a scary world if we only had machines and humans would not have anything to do. Hey everyone, if you're enjoying what you're hearing, the best way you can support us is to leave a review in your favorite podcast app. Or better yet, start a conversation with a friend about how you think we can make work better. Thanks. So Spiros, you are an influencer, you're an investor, you see a lot of things, but a lot of times on your feed, we see like the good stuff that you want to put out there and the good ideas that come out from other people. I want you to tell me what are some of those those kind of ridiculous ideas that people come to you with, whether that be <laughs> pictures they have or the stuff you're feeding out that you're saying, no, I'm not going to put this out there. What are some of the, the bad visions that you've seen of the future? Uh, I don't put out anything that, uh, that I don't find interesting. I don't have to agree on things. And, uh, and, and, but, uh, I have to find it interesting enough to say, okay, it's not my view, but it could be, it, uh, it, it could be true what the person is saying or writing. So I like to put both sides out. I don't like to just put my view. Oh, I don't like to put only my view out. I mean, the things I like, and I think uh, where 
where we find, I mean, not find, where I stated often is there are two sides of uh, AI machine learning and workforce. So people say uh, there will be pe uh, more people employed, and I'm on the other side where basically we have to find a way to to deal with people who, who will lose jobs, who will not find a new job. And uh, those are two sides. I'm on the side which I think is going to be a painful period with automation. And, you know, the argument that comes always is the industrial revolution, people, the farmers, uh, went to work in factories and more people had jobs. But nowadays, the skill sets needed to find certain jobs, uh, uh, they are much, you know, there's a skill gap between, you know, what's needed, what people are able to do. This doesn't mean there are not going to be jobs like in healthcare, you know, people get older, so you need care. And those people will be having jobs, and there will be jobs out there. But I think in general, we will have to deal with uh, maybe not social unrest, maybe one day, one of my theories is that one day, you know, that there used to be the day where people said, oh, Wall Street is bad, you know. And people hated all those bankers and all the investment bankers. But I think one day we will hate a lot of people who are related, uh, who somehow are connected to tech, to Silicon Valley. And you will you will hide the fact that you made a fortune or you work in such an organization because the pain out there is going to be so big that you will be scared uh, to, to show that you're one of them, you're one of the Silicon Valley guys, or one that became rich through AI, machine learning, through technology. I think people don't talk about that a lot, but I think that's the next, that will be something the next 10 years. We have to find a way of avoiding that. Yeah, and I want to talk more about that right now. Do you feel like the tide is starting to shift? Uh, I feel like for the most part, for a long time, the the likes of of Google and and Facebook, they, they've been in general positive. People, you know, they have their detractors and different things. But you're starting to see some shifts now where they're getting called in to testify more. There's getting to be a certain amount of unrest. But is that just people who don't understand the technology, or is there like a legitimate fear animosity people are building? There's legitimate fears. I mean, even uh, Libra, the digital currency Facebook wants to put out. You know, I mean. Of course, governments don't like it. Of course, governments want to regulate it because it's shift of power, you know, power maybe to a tech giant like Facebook. And uh, I think governments don't like it. And also, uh, like with Cambridge Analytica scandal, I mean, mm -hmm. that's kind of, but that triggered a lot. You know, people all of a sudden realized, you know, <laughs> that the old saying, if you don't pay for your product, then you are the product. And people realize slowly that uh, the data they provide is the fee they're paying for what kind of service they want. And I think it's not, it's good. I'm not saying that the Congress or the governments are always right, not at all. But it is good that, that there's a counterparty that, that says, hey, wait, explain us. What do you want to do with this? Or, uh, or, and it's great that there's press about it because it educates people who maybe are not, who do a different job, maybe as a doctor, maybe as a bus driver, but it's good that people hear about the stories, good or bad, and make their own opinion about it. And I think, uh, I, I'm not against tech giants, but uh, it's good there's uh, some uh, check in place. Yeah. 
So when we're looking at how fast things are changing, I feel like we can look back and say, okay, it feels like right now we're making incremental progress. You see, you see some things happen. You see, you know, a, a few things in automation. You see things like chatbots and banks that that can go quickly and, and do things for you. But how quickly do you think the pace of change is going to to alter in the next five years? Do you feel like like right now we can keep up with these changes? But do you feel like in the future we're going to start to fall behind pretty quickly? Um, no, I mean. I think for all of us who are really involved in the space, things were moving extremely fast. But as, um, I mean, technology is moving extremely fast. And as uh, Bill Gates once beautifully said, uh, uh, we always overestimate the change that will occur in the next two years, but underestimate the change that will occur in the next 10 years. Uh, I think change is going to be huge. But doesn't mean that, uh, you know, it's just going to happen. It's going to be around a lot of things. I mean, I don't understand how the iPhone works, but I use it. You know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> if it were up to me, we would probably communicate with drums. You know, so the changes are happening fast. That doesn't mean that we don't. We have to understand it because as a consumer, you just will use it. You know, but I think there will be huge changes happening. Like one topic is autonomous cars, but I don't think it's going to happen before the next 2030 uh, or even later. But uh, things can go faster than we expect. But I don't think we should be scared about that. I think, uh, I mean, it depends. Then we go back to the workforce. But in terms of technology we use, it's going to be more user-friendly. Uh, I don't think we have to worry about understanding it because if you want to be a successful technology company, you probably provide uh, services and products that don't need any understanding. Which right. is user. I mean, eventually, I think in five years, people are not going to type as much. You know, already technology is out there, but it's going to be even easier. You're not going to have a keyboard. You're just going to talk, talk to your, you know, please answer this, and it's going to give you a perfect email response, or you're going to write a perfect article because you're going to, Say what you think. There's going to be an AI machine learning editor that will correct it. And uh, so technology will have advanced then, but that doesn't mean it's going to be more difficult for you to use it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's going to change, and we're going to change along with it. I mean, you see even with text suggestions and, and email suggestions that Google builds into Gmail, like these things are happening, and they'll happen quickly. Even now, a lot of our, our, our exchanges or text messages are almost automated in the sense of we, we know what to say and the, the technology behind it has figured out that we have patterns in the way we communicate and we just adopt those patterns and say that they, they fit for us. So I think that's a, that's a real thing. It's, it's coming up for sure. And, you know, then we come back to repetitive tasks, you know, that maybe then we probably, all of us, have a little more time of doing other things, you know. Doesn't mean we're going to be more skilled, <laughs> actually. Maybe if a lot of things are automated, probably we lose a lot of skills. That's true. You know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we might have more time at hand, but we have to use it somehow. <laughs> yeah, what are we going to do at the time? That's the thing. Everyone says we have all this, you know, time coming up and leisure time. But I feel like as a, as a species, we haven't been really good at, at filling that time with something useful. We just find other things to busy ourselves with. Yes, and uh, very fortunate if you, if you have something to... Besides of your work, it's your family and your hobbies, but uh, not everyone has that. So you mentioned uh, scaling up the workforce, that being a major concern for you. If you kind of zoom out broad picture, what are some other 
or maybe just one other big societal problem that you feel like is something we need to address very quickly, very soon in order to accommodate for this world we're going to go into very soon? I think uh, one topic that uh, many people have, uh, many people talk about it is a universal basic income. I think that's, uh, you know, basically providing people uh, some minimum wage, regardless if they work or not. And I think that uh, more and more people are comfortable with that thought. Not everyone, because people believe, some people believe you have to work to earn some wage, to earn a wage, but if there's not enough work out there, we have to find a way to 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 provide those people with income and uh, somehow decent way of living. But the one problem with that is I'm for it. I'm for universal basic income because I believe some people will be left behind and we have to take care of them as much as I'm a technology guy. But uh, money is not everything. You have to give people meaning. You know, mm. if you get a check, that's not enough. So we have to figure out, I think, that we can give people paychecks somehow. I think it's in the interest of everyone, you know. So, but uh, to find a way of uh, providing uh, meaning to life, that's, uh, you know, otherwise you get just frustrated. And I don't like, uh, you know, if you don't want a lot of frustrated people who yeah. don't know with the time. And, you know, so, you know, interesting, repetitive task. As boring as it is, it provides you at least with some work. I mean, that's very controversial, I'm saying. I totally agree. I mean, I think that there's even sometimes when I've worked in a factory before doing the same thing over and over again. On some days, it was really bad. And some days, I kind of liked it because I was able to kind of numb my mind and just kind of focus on other things and got to do other stuff. So I, I can see how people, even if they're doing spreadsheet work or something like that, to some extent, you kind of enjoy that. But it almost has to become like a hobby when you realize how fast a machine can do it better than you or how, uh, you know, you really should be pursuing other things that are, that are there. But some amount of monotony, I feel like, is good for us. And, you know, even boredom is uh, sometimes good. You know, yeah, because, yeah. You know, you become much more creative if you're bored. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> it's true. It's, it's true. Yeah. No, no, I, I love this. It's nice that we, uh, we came to the close of almost a uh, conversation now with starting with repetitive work as something bad. And then through our discussion, you'll realize that it's not all bad. <laughs> yeah. You know? There's a part of being human that's just sitting around enjoying life and being bored at stuff. I mean, that's a, my wife tells my kids that all the time. She's like, it's good for you to be bored. That way you'll, you'll figure out something better to do later. Like, it's, boredom is, is a part of, of life. Not, in the, not even in a negative sense, but like you're saying, in a positive makes sense. Hungry, makes you hungry for change. And change is good. <laughs> Absolutely. As much as we don't like it always, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I love it. Spiros, this has been great. Uh, I like where this discussion has gone. Um, I hope we, we can take this uh, further into the future too, to, to really think deeply about what it means to, you know, take, take repetitive tasks out of work and what do we replace those with? I think that's the big question I'm left with is, okay. Absolutely. Yeah. If we take it out, what are we going to replace it with? Are we good at being leisure people or are we good at finding other tasks to do? Or are we good at being bored? Those are really important tasks to, to look at. And the society questions that needs to be addressed and thought of. But, uh, you know, it uh, was excellent. You know, I enjoyed this conversation very much. <laughs> no, seriously, you know why? Because through talking to, you know, we talked about it. Now, uh, I came to new insights, which I haven't thought of. I mean, you know, I never thought I would say repetitive work is, might be good, in, you know. Yeah. That's why we got to keep doing the podcast. That's, that's a human thing, right? Yes. 
Well, good. Uh, Spiros, thanks so much for being on the show. Uh, tell people, you're obviously easy to find being the, the top influencer out there, but tell people if they're still under a hole where they can find you. Of course, uh, you can find me on, the, on my website, mcgarrisventures.com or on my Twitter handle, Spiros McGarris. Uh, probably will be attached to the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was an honor. And uh, yeah, it was a true pleasure, Neil, uh, I must say. Uh, a surprise, you know, you don't never know what to expect, you know, yeah. I have so many podcasts, but you never know what to expect and sometimes you dread it. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, but this was quite the opposite. Absolutely. Same for me. Thanks so much. Thanks. Hey, if you're the kind of person who listens to the very end, you must be a fan. Now we are building a team of people who really love what we're talking about and want to go deeper. If you want to interact with guests, drive the content of Work Minus and give feedback on our work before it goes public, send an email to neil at workminus.com. It's N-E-I-L at workminus.com and I'll get you connected.